Welcome to Game Over Montreal. I am Andrew Berkshire. As per usual, we are covering another loss because that's what we do this season. Hopefully only this season because it's getting a little old. But let's bring in some guests. We got two amazing guests, my friends, Patrick Bexel and Romina Schlaw. How's it going, guys? Ladies first, I think so. <laughs> it's going it's going all right. A little upset with Andrew because I had to watch that game, but I I'm mean, sorry. it's all good. I apologize in advance, but I know you didn't accept it. It's fine. I mean, what else were you going to do with your Saturday night? I mean, so much. It's too much to name. So I just will not even say anything. <laughs> at least like here, it's past midnight when it starts. So, you know, I don't have to do anything at my age. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's a. Uh... Is getting a little bit repetitive at this point. At a certain point, like you understand a little bit with all the injuries they have that it's hard to win games, but they've got to start being in games. You know, like it was not even. It's, I feel like a minute before they were out of this game, and oh, well, it, it was a minute. Come yeah, on. it was, wasn't it? It was under a minute, wasn't it? Fifty-seven seconds or something like that. Yeah, it's just brutal and. Took them seven minutes into the game to get their first shot in the first period. And then in the second period, 12 and a half minutes to get their first shot. It's just, it's embarrassing to watch. And like you can tell based on how they played against the Lightning that they do have another gear, even with the injuries that they have. Like if they care about the games, they will push harder. I think they should have cared a lot more about this game, considering it was Jake Allen's first game back in St. Louis. He cared. You know, I thought he was really great tonight. Probably the only reason it wasn't about 8 nothing. But, uh, man, this team, I feel bad for Jake Allen because, once again, he put up a great performance and they let him down. Yeah, indeed. And, I mean, like, as, as you mentioned, it could have been 8-0. It could have been 8-1 maybe with, with Romanov's uh, scoring in the end. But also there were a couple of chances that probably I should have gone in the other way. But you can see they're squeezing the stick too hard. They don't believe in themselves. Um, I don't know. Confidence is is just way bottom at the moment. Yeah, it's it's an ugly scene to say the least. And uh, you know, watching this game, I was trying to look for things to be positive about because I always try to like scrape through and see if I can bring something out for the diehard fans that want to hear something positive about their team. I thought Cole Caulfield looked dynamic tonight. Didn't uh, end up getting anything accomplished really, but. He's the one guy who seems post. to be... Yeah, he got close. He's getting close. Hopefully he starts putting him in the net soon because they really need something positive to write home about. And one thing you, you have to wonder, is it better to just... Are they waiting for the trade deadline to get rid of or get rid of, but but accumulate some picks and, and, and maybe young players and then play them from there? Because at the moment, it seems like they are just going through the motions. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of people who are all over this coaching staff for good reason. Uh, they look like they don't have a, a plan whatsoever. There's no preparation going on. 
with the way they start games. But I will give the coaching staff one bit of credit in that the whole kill Clegg situation, which he looks really rough right now. Like he's making a lot of mistakes. He doesn't have a lot of confidence, but you can see that there's something there under the surface and they keep on giving him reps, right? He's on the first unit of the power play. He's making some decent passes on there. I wish that they would give the same amount of reps to guys like Caulfield, who's who played like 30 seconds the last bit of the power play there. I don't understand why they don't. <coughs> Apologies. I'm still getting over this stupid cold. Uh, yeah. Your apologies are meaningless to me. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. It's meaningless to everyone. I mean, the poor people who are going to listen to the audio version of me, like, coughing and trying not to sneeze. Actually, I don't have any sneezing, but... Snort. There we go. But, uh, yeah, so... I think I think development is a big story for this team right now. And Patrick, you posted a story on Eyes on the Prize this week yeah. about uh, Matthias Norlander and how he wants to go back to Sweden. And obviously, we don't know the inner workings of the organization not necessarily, but the optics of the whole situation with Norlander are that they strung him along in the NHL playing him the absolute minimum that they could until they got past the deadline where they didn't have to send him back to Sweden anymore <coughs> and then send him to the American Hockey League. For an organization that struggles to keep players happy, struggles to develop players, that is not a good look. No, and uh, I can say it now because I met Trevor Timmons in Engelholm just a couple of weeks before he got fired, and uh, he was convinced that Matthias Norlin was coming back to Sweden. Um, but I, I, I know the guys that did this interview with Matthias and uh, let's be honest, all, all of us here in Sweden that has Matthias number, because we all have, um, we have avoided calling him because of, you know, the situation in Montreal and the situation overall. And then finally, Frederick called him and, and said, you know, what happens and what's going on? And we heard you're in on the decision. And obviously for, for a team like Frelunda, is top two teams in Sweden at the moment. Um, and Frederick is one of the guys covering it. Um, and uh, asking these questions. And, and, and Matthias, obviously, you have to realize he has an apartment in Sweden. He has a, a, a life in Sweden. Um, that he was supposed to go back to after camp, more or less, unless he got to play in NHL. Um, now he stayed, what, three in, three months in a hotel? I, I don't think anyone wants to stay three months in a hotel, uh, no matter where. Um, I've done it. Uh, I've, I've spent a month in a hotel, and I thought that was too boring. Um, he's he's playing hockey. He doesn't know where he will play hockey, and I think that some, was something that was conveyed in the in the interview that Freddie Kjernley did for the Gothenburg Post. But yeah, I also know that there are worse comments in that interview than was reported in it. Interesting. But that's through other sort of, that that's other sources, and I know that I think it was TSN that put on the. We've spoken to the Swedish um, uh, manager for, for Matthias Norlander or, or agent for Matthias Norlander, and, and he said it wasn't like this. Yeah, obviously, because he wasn't in the, in the conversation. And uh, I heard his reaction to the, to the uh, unedited or, or 
uh, non-quoted quotes as well. And and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I agree with what you say, Andrew. I think they strung him along. For, for obviously, he started out with a with an injury, the same injury that he had last year um, in the shoulder. And shoulder injuries are difficult. And I'm, I mean, like I'm not following baseball that much, but I know a lot of shoulder injuries happens there. And um, it makes sense to stay and get him evaluated in in North America because obviously that's where the best doctors is in regards to shoulder and and. Um, elbow injuries, so so makes sense. But then to to have him around a little bit longer, and then I'll potentially and, and then assume they're smart. You, you're gonna see this opportunity come around the corner, and you keep him around, but not to inform him about it. And obviously, in the middle of all that, firing all the front office as well. Yeah, you I think mean, that's the big a thing. Good leader if, needs if to, that's not to communicated, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that it, that's kind of a problem with the last administration is like oftentimes the communication didn't get through. You know, I, I've talked to several players in the past who just felt like they weren't informed of what was expected or what uh, was going wrong or anything. So like, it's one thing if Norlander knew this was the plan and like obviously they couldn't control the shoulder injury, so this opportunity did present itself, but it looks really bad. <laughs> like it looks so sketchy for the organization. And it's the kind of thing where you look at, uh, Josh Harris, who's in the NCAA, who it's reported may not sign with the Canadians at the end of the year, might be looking at the New York Rangers or the Boston Bruins. He looks at that. Why wouldn't he be looking at Norlander's situation with incredible interest? Right. Not only how little opportunity he was given to play, but in how his desires were not taken into account. He was not informed of the plan. It's a bad look. It really is. I, I, I totally agree. And uh, you could sort of see it with, you know, the deal they had with with Alexander Romanov as well last year. Um, they didn't really play him to his strengths. Uh, they didn't really play him. I, I think. I've watched more or less every Romanov game in the K. Uh, I'll be honest with that. That that was my job for Ice on the Price, and it was the only prospect that I was really looking forward to watch. And and uh, I love Russian ice hockey, as you know, Andrew, from from our conversations. So for me, it was going back to basics. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 incredible because Seska played him one way, and then he showed another way of playing in the World Juniors. But in the world juniors, he plays against his peer in his age group. He doesn't play against the best in the world. And Ska, well, Seska probably had that, you know, idea that we need to feel him this way in order to, to have him play against older players, better players, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it seems like the Canadians wanted to develop him into this offensive weapon that he hasn't really shown anywhere else except for the world juniors. Um so I think, you know, the development, as you mentioned, it's skewed somehow on what they want. They're trying to force a square peg down a round hole or, or the other way around. Yeah, they did that with Kokaniemi too. You yeah. know, and Alex Galchenyuk. Like, a lot of prospects that they've tried to make into something else and it just hasn't worked. Jonathan Druin, you could say. His first year here, they tried to push him into the center role. Didn't work. You know, it's... It's an issue. Now, the one thing that I would say that's positive in this situation is that 
this is a machination of the previous management group. So Scott Gordon can come in and say to Matthias Norlander, to Josh Harris, like, this wasn't my plan. We want you to be with the big club. This is what we're going to do now. Like, if there's communication, you can actually salvage these relationships, I think. But And also, isn't it that Harris can sign with Montreal for a month for more and burn a first year of his contract? So yes. he gets an incentive for that as well. Otherwise, you're going to end up with, you know, uh, um, Adrian Fox, the... the Rangers kid that what 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 did the uh, Carolina get out of that a third round pick right yeah uh, there's a comment here saying let Romina talk I don't think Romina's super interested in Canadians development but let's change the yeah. subject then <laughs> get Romina talking you're right we've got to get Romina talking all right Romina yes what should we talk about um well I mean <laughs> Adam Fox that was with Calgary when he was traded that's but, true you've lived yeah. that yeah I know he didn't want to play for Calgary. So there was the issue with that is that sure, let's trade him and get something for him, but he didn't need to be part of that trade because I think what we sent and what they gave was fair and equal without Adam Fox. So I think that's where the flames kind of messed up with that. Um, But yeah, he's, he's doing great now and it's hard to be mad as a flames fan. He wasn't going to play here anyway. So yeah, and that's and that's a difficult so situation. The, I know so much about the development side, so you know I can go on and on about that. So, I mean, specifically Canadian development. I feel like you're not super into it because you're more into the flame stuff. But yeah, sorry for to everyone for not having Romina more into that bit of the conversation. I will oh, say, yeah, I had mutual. I was going to say I had so much. You had so much to add. <laughs> I had so much. <laughs> mutual friend of ours Romina I want to say before we get too bogged down into other stuff huge congratulations to Samantha Chang who had her baby this week I know I was, friend I of the show was, I didn't even know she was pregnant oh really oh okay I, I've known for a little oh. while but, okay well uh, that's cool I'm not on Twitter <laughs> sorry 24 7 Andrew sorry no joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah huge congratulations to Sam uh, everyone go hit up Sam on Twitter and tell her congratulations I'm sure she's not even on Twitter right now because she's got you know, a baby. They, they're a little bit of work. I don't know if people know this, especially for moms, especially in the first little while. I mean, they sleep a lot. That's the easy part, but uh, they're a lot of work. But yeah, okay. So uh, Jake Allen, here's my question for Jake Allen. He's been fantastic since he came back from injury. Should the Canadians trade Jake Allen? He's on a very digestible contract. As a non-biased outsider, sure, why not? Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> it's just one of those situations where, like, in, I don't think they're going to be able to trade Carey Price this year, right? If that is an option that's even on the table, if he wants to be moved. It's just such a huge salary. But you got to eat some of that salary. Yeah, they're going to have to. Or a third team is going to have to be involved in the deal to make it happen. But Jake Allen, if he builds up his stock, continues to play this way, and prices out like you know till mid January, and Allen is not injured. There's a lot of teams that could use some goaltending. I feel like the Colorado Avalanche. You know, if Darcy Kemper keeps getting injured, it'd be a lot easier for them to fit Jake Allen in under the cap than Carey Price. And also, you got to give speak about development and Sorromina. 
Um, but but you got to give some of the young guns in in Montreal their chance to to really play in the NHL and evaluate them properly to see what you have going forward. Absolutely, yeah. Let Caden Primo get some reps in the in the NHL. I think it's something to consider. I know he has another year left, which makes it less desirable in a flat cap era. But I think they can get a decent return for Jake Allen. The, the one thing from, from my understanding, and, and I haven't really dug deep into this draft yet, it's not a very good draft. And and maybe you want to hold on to some of the top picks in next year's draft, rather. I mean, if you're... I think the smartest thing you can do as someone who's selling at the deadline is ask for picks in the next draft. Because you're mostly trading with teams that are definitely making the playoffs, right? So their picks are going to be lower. But there's a lot more uncertainty of how those teams are going to be the next season. Like, I look at Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Imagine last year, heading into the playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens traded their first this year. You know, it, it looks a whole lot different. Although they possibly have traded their first if uh, they go out of the bottom or the bottom 10, but I don't think that's going to happen. Great plan. Wait for fail-proof plan. Um, get trade a bunch of stuff to get the number one draft pick in 2024 and draft TJ Ginla, number one overall. He has a Ginla blood coursing through him. So that's that's the only way. Actually, don't do that. I was going to say. need to get TJ Ginla, but fail-proof plan. I feel like the Scorch stack would be very upset if any yeah. other team took a Ginla. I just have really good advice, but I only I need to start gatekeeping my advice. They <laughs> don't need it. Don't get any ideas, GMs. I know you're all listening for my ideas. You know, speaking of gatekeeping, uh, Bob McKenzie from TSN has released his very own Bobby Margarita after his famous personality change every year after free agency closes or not closes, but the exciting part ends. And he is only put it out in Alberta so far. Now I'm assuming this is because of regulation or stock because of the scorch stack. Yeah. Because of the scorch stack, they only care yeah. about the scorch stack. Exactly. But most places in Canada aren't getting it until like April, I think. But Romina has a Bobby Margarita signed by Bob McKenzie. It's backwards. I'm so sorry. Oh, is it? No, it's not backwards. You're welcome. So yeah, you gotta, are you going to frame that later on or, or just... absolutely, you know, at um, when the flames had the, like a Gimlin night a couple of years ago, which was ruined by Mike Smith, they were giving out these uh, beer cans that just had number 12 on it. And then again, name. And I kept that for two years. And then finally I'm like, I don't think I need this. It's it's fine. It's not. I don't need to keep a gross old beer can, but this one maybe I'll keep. We'll see. We'll see. And unfortunately, I will not be shotgunning it. Um, <laughs> sorry to Matt who wanted me to shotgun this. I won't be doing that. But but also, you know, a margarita smells better than beer. So that's true. That's true. I did wash out the Aginla can. Um, still probably wasn't the best to keep it, but you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll, should I go ahead and try this? Try you know, before this you do, mark? before you do, I'll do my little sellout thing and tell everybody okay. to please download the SDPN app and check out the merch store where you can get, oh, 
amazing stuff like this game over t-shirt and this game over mug. I'm going to go buy some right now. Do you, you deliver should. abroad? I believe they ship abroad because I mean, uh, my sweater came from, I think it was made in like the Ukraine or something like that. So it's made abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it can ship to Sweden. I'll, I'll get Jesse on the phone and figure that out. He's the brains behind the whole operation. But definitely, if you want to support the show, go download the uh, SDPN app. It also has the functionality that if you want to watch on YouTube, but still use your phone, the YouTube app doesn't allow you to do that. But in the YouTube link in the SDPN app, you can like do that thing on your phone where you kind of shrink it to the bottom of your screen and you can like move it around and use your phone doing other stuff. So you can be on Twitter or TikTok or whatever and still be watching the stream, which is pretty cool. This isn't even me brown nosing, but I think that's a really good feature. It is a really good feature. Like it wasn't like, and like me, I'm totally biased. But also when I saw that feature, I was like, Jesse, that's a really good feature. Cause like YouTube job, doesn't Jesse. let you do that. Jesse Blake, man of the people. Yeah. Check that out. Also go to sdpn.ca and go and check out the discord because the discord for sdpn is pretty great. Over 8,000 people in there already. And uh, you can check out the game over channels. For both Game Over Montreal and the upcoming Game Over Juniors slash International, where you can ask questions that can be answered on the podcast or on the show. And uh, yeah, it's lots of fun. And uh, with that, the shilling is over and we can get to Romina telling us if Bob McKenzie is telling the truth. Okay, let's open this. See, I'm being real and honest. I've never tried this before. Okay, struggled with that a bit. That's all good. Um, it doesn't smell great. Let's no? just start off. Nope. No, it definitely smells like tequila in a can. <laughs> oh, that's not too bad. That's what I need at 4 a.m. in the morning. Okay. So. Um. It's not great. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it tastes, you know what? No, listen. I'm happy to change my opinion. If Bar Bobby Margarita himself wants to sponsor me, <laughs> I'm a sellout. I'll change. Um, it so you know when you go to a bar slash club, it's like 11, 12, so it's like the peak hour, and you're like, could I just get some tequila and some lime? And they're like, sure. And they just give you tequila and lime. Um, but like not a tequila shot with some lime. It's like a drink that's just tequila with some lime. It ba basically just a margarita, but just the tequila and lime. Um, it tastes like that when it's okay. like packed. So they're not really doing anything. So it's a little bit underwhelming. I don't know how much this costs because Scorchy Nathan got it for us, who's in the chat right now. Thank you, Nathan. But it's a very average. And also... I had a very bad experience with tequila, so that could be affecting uh, me a little bit. But I normally do still like margaritas, so you know. What, what about is it is it cold enough? Is it enough? I mean, like, would it have been better with ice in it? I was so, going to ask that. Would would it be better over ice, or maybe like you blitz maybe. up some ice? Yeah, I think it would be better over ice. It is cold because I kept it in the fridge. But what's weird is that, like, when I took it out of the fridge, it still didn't feel that cold. But it was in the fridge for like three hours. So don't know what that's about. Um, it tastes pretty cold, but I think it would be better over ice. So that's my official review. I will definitely change it if Bobby Margarita wants to sponsor <laughs> me. I'm a sellout. 
Amazing. I don't know if this is sacrilegious, but I've always preferred daiquiris to margaritas. Me too. Uh, I love a good daiquiri. It's so good. I, um, I only thought you'd ra- I only thought you drank what rum and coke. Yeah, I do like a rum and coke. That's my go-to. My but if I'm on vacation, like if I'm going to Mexico Ooh. or something, I'm having a da- if I'm you're on a daiquiri. Spice it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I'm still gonna drink, drink this. Obviously. I mean, of um, course. Obviously. Nathan um, says it gets better the more you drink it. <laughs> okay, thank you, Nathan. That's good to That's know. You know what? Is. I will say that third sip was better than the first sip. So <laughs> I'm going to just say that. Um, I'm actually, that we're talking about drinks, I was actually considering taking a mixology course in the new year when I can do it in person because I just think that would be fun. And I would like to be the person that when people come over to my house, I'm making drinks and they're good drinks, you know? That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I actually started following... Meat. What? I only drink stuff neat, like whiskey, <laughs> mezcal, you know, brandy. Why, why, why mess with it? Okay, that's <laughs> fun for you. I love my cool fruity drinks that you know have cool names to them. So, sorry, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just envious because I can't afford. If I buy the good stuff, I can't afford the other stuff, like the mixing stuff. That's fair. The only thing I know how to make is a Caesar. So I got to, got to, you know, up my game a little bit. I feel like Caesars are such an Alberta drink. Cause if anybody doesn't know, I like grew up in Alberta. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. <laughs> no. Okay. So I was, I was born in Saskatchewan. I lived in Moose Jaw until I was 11. Oh, why? And then my family moved up to Fort McMurray because money. Oh, why? <laughs> and, and like everybody that I know from Alberta is like Caesar, Caesar, Caesar. And I, I just could never get into it. It's it's it is very much an Alberta drink, but it's also just like it depends on where you get it from. Um, I make them pretty good, but a lot of places like I was at a Chinese restaurant last week um, and I got a Caesar because I always get Caesars where I go. And it literally just tasted like vodka and Clamato juice, nothing else. And it's like, this is not good. And we're like, can we get more Tabasco? They're like, we don't have Tabasco. I'm like, oh, OK, so let's not Caesar. sell Caesars if yeah. you don't have Tabasco. So, yeah, it depends on like it's hard to find a really good Caesar. What but. what what is the difference between a Caesar and a Bloody Mary? So Bloody Mary is made with tomato juice and then a Caesar is with Clamato juice. All right. Yeah. I don't know if the other little stuff is different, like the Worcestershire sauce and stuff, but I don't think that's the main difference. I don't think a Bloody Mary is spicy, is it? Oh, is I haven't I've never had a Bloody Mary. Neither have I. The Worcestershire sauce is kind of spicy and you have some Tabasco in there as well, right? Don't you? I didn't know. I've never had a Bloody Mary, so no idea. But I just I can't get over clam juice. I'm sorry. It's so good <laughs> when you mix it properly. Don't worry. Okay, Andrew, you need to come to Calgary and get my dad to make you a Caesar. He makes great Caesars. I would come to Calgary just to meet your dad. <laughs> if anybody who doesn't know, that. Ramina's dad is like a Twitter legend. Mm-hmm. He's just the nicest man, the cutest man. Everyone loves He's him. He's a very good man. He is. Great guy, Baba. Scorchy Nathan just said it's halfway down a can. And yeah, it's not a balanced drink. Yeah. So, but I also don't want to like shake it and mix it. So yeah, it's not probably, carbonated, but it would still like it's under it's, pressure. Yeah, exactly. Maybe so the best thing glad. to do is like pour it over ice and stir it around a little bit. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do because I do have another can, but I was going to save that for Baba Schlaw, but maybe we can share it. Yeah. Let's see, because they are I mean, pretty big. They are very large. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't usually buy mixed drinks in cans, so I feel like that's yeah. already like a a tough sell sugar. to me. But yeah. maybe it's just like you got to move it around a little bit. Yeah, I'm just looking at the ingredients just to see. But yeah, I feel like mixed mixed drinks in a can are not great usually for like 90% of the time. They're very just eh. Agreed. Should we talk about John Tortorella a little bit? Oh, okay. <laughs> what, why should but, we go uh, back to the dinosaur era? Oh. oh man i actually had some people defending him in my mentions today what okay but yeah. you also have a lot of followers so that like i would have nobody defending him in my mentions you know <laughs> you have that's the problem with like being verified and having a bunch of followers and being it's like true you know very pretty prominent in the hockey space is that people will love to argue with you and defend the old white dudes i mean thanks for calling me prominent you're so welcome. <laughs> First time for everything. Yeah, I feel like Twitter is like very cool until you get to around between five and 10,000 followers. And then it starts to suck. You get all the crappy people. But anyway, John Tortorella was shitting on the uh, Sonny Milano and Trevor Zagris goal, obviously, if you hadn't heard. Uh, Said it wasn't it wasn't uh, good for the game, which was an interesting take. Considering he said, like twenty years ago or whatever, if somebody did that, they'd have their head taken off, as if that's good for the, game. <laughs> like concussions, good for the game, fancy goals, awful for the game, and on its own, like at face value, like any commentator talking about that, like whatever is going to drum up controversy. People are going to talk about it. Good TV. You understand why Tortorella is on TV is to say garbage like that. And then everybody starts talking about it. It's the same reason like Skip Bayless is on TV. But I think it changes quite a bit when you realize that John Tortorella is a coach. Right? He's no, had not. he's had kids who would try this on his teams. He coached Sonny Milano. Who really struggled. In Columbus. So, like, this guy, and the thing is, it's not just about John Tortorella. I think this is what people don't understand. His opinion is not, like, way far out there. There's tons of people in hockey who feel this way. But didn't so they feel kids... this way about the Michigan as well when it came around? Yep. And now everyone is going like, oh, yeah, Sveshnikov, Mishkov. Uh, they tried to backhand it. They do it this way. I mean, like, this is just another way of doing a Michigan involving two players. Absolutely. And are, are we going to ban, are we going to ban dunks from, from, from basketball? Ban the alley-oop. Yeah. Like, I would just like one good reason why it's not for good for the game. Cause it's a fun goal. I don't, I don't get it. And also, you know, it's not good for the game. John Tortorella is yelling at your players. That's not very good for any game. So what about I mean, challenging the opposing coach to a fight? Yeah, I think we should start doing that every game that somebody's playing against John Tortorella. But but also like what's good for the game is goals, and obviously if you're the winning coach, you need goals. So you know. And also it's just fun. 
Like why, what are we, I don't know. How many kids are not going home and trying to do that on the back exactly. street or in the, or in the back rink or anything? Right. Well, Come on. Just it's today, great. there was a commercial showing how many kids and like different, like ch- literal children trying the that lacrosse goal, the Michigan. So many kids are now trying it and it's so fun. It gets people engaged. It makes people like post it online and grows the game because so many people are trying out these different types of goals and they're putting it on places like TikTok where it's a very young demographic. So it's how is there's literally zero argument that makes sense about why it's bad for the game. Yeah, it's just, the idea that if you're more skilled than your opponent and you show that in a way that like helps you win a hockey game, you're showboating. But shouldn't we go after, or shouldn't Tortorella go after, because I won't, uh, McDavid, when he does that amazing goal, deeks five guys and, and scores with, when was it, a minute ago? I mean, he it did tell like Mc, McDavid to shut up. <laughs> Listen, this not not to defend John Tortorella, but I would also tell McDavid to shut up. So <laughs> let's let's just get that out of the way. Somebody wrote a comment, which is a very good point. They wrote, grumpy old man yells at fun. So true. It's like that Simpsons meme, like old man yells at cloud. That's literally what it is. That's 100%. like 90% of the things he says is just him being angry for no reason. Yeah, it's just being a crank. And the thing, I think it wouldn't be a big deal at all if his opinion was like a huge outlier and he was just there to be like the clown on ESPN. But he is a hockey guy. Like he keeps getting jobs because people believe that he has something to bring to the table. And like, I will say that there are players who I've talked to who say that they like playing for John Tortorella because he was always honest with them. And like his criticisms were forthright, but at the same time, that kind of opinion stunts talent. It just does. Like you look at why, why did Patrick line not have a good year in Columbus last year? Probably lots of reasons, but one of them was probably John Tortorella. Also not getting played on the first power play unit. Right. And whose decision's that, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's oh. a comment here, this league hates to promote its stars and star plays. It's true. Like, it, it seems like the league is ashamed when players do something amazing. And it doesn't even start at the National Hockey League level. Like, juniors is a bit more flamboyant. But I remember when Sidney Crosby did the Michigan when he was in juniors. And it was, like, Hockey Night in Canada that week. Don Cherry being like, this kid's got to cut that out. He's a great player. But that's disrespecting your opponent. Like. Ow. But but come on, he did that with Omar when he did the, uh, you know, 100, uh, 360 before he p- took the penalty shot as well. Everything is just, you know, which was an awesome shot in, in many ways. That after that, or is it just the shootout they banned that? No, the puck, Omar still took the puck forward, so it was still a legal goal anyways. Oh, I see. But, but it's just, it's, no one goes after Datsuk when he lobbed that goal on the penalty shot either. But, you know. That it's, is a little bit disrespectful, but amazing. But but it is the, amazing. The it's like the Panelka. So yeah. But it's like the Panelka in, in soccer when you do that. It's it's the same thing. I mean, like literally the worst thing that can happen is that the goalie stands still and just grabs it. But ninety-nine percent is they're not gonna do that. But it's 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 you wanna see that because again, kids and, and obviously as as uh, Regina says, it's it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it goes out to demographics that these 
old white dudes that I'm sort of part of soon because I'm turning 50 next year. Um, is I mean, like, we don't get it, but but the kids do. And if you want to grow the game, if you got, want to go into different demographic groups, that's what you're going to do. You, you got to let them rep this. And you see it with basketball where, where kids are, are showboating from an early age and, and they're growing the game that way. I think it's a very good sport to look at for, for growth. Yeah, I mean, you look at what drives growth in basketball, and it's a lot of those, like, you remember the videos that used to come out that were, I don't know if they still are or not, but it was, like, street basketball, where it was, like, just people doing ridiculous uh, moves where they're, like, going between their opponent's legs and, like, back through, like, breaking ankles like crazy, and then they crazy dunks, and, like, everyone's buying that stuff because they want to see it. And hockey's, like... Rock them, sock them. Watch some guys get their heads taken off. <laughs> you know, like, that's what the selling point is. When I was growing up, anyway. Now, like, less so, but... I think we need to do better as a, a community of the sport to promote the highest level of playing, and that includes skill plays more than anything. And, you know, yes, gritty hockey is fun. The playoffs, where it's just like a war of attrition... It's fun. It's intense. That's great. But we have to let the skill players play too. And I think that it all comes back to how the game's officiated as well, right? Like, there's a reason why Connor McDavid has talked about officiating. And I know Romina, as a Flames fan, doesn't give a crap about that. But hey, Johnny Gaudreau, remember with the whole slashing thing? Was it? That's true. The yeah, actual Calgary Flames that released that supercut of him getting slashed, or was that someone else? He. I don't remember, but I do know after the whole Dennis Weidman thing, mm-hmm. um, it like even the commentators during the game would be like, there have been very weird calls against the Flames. I remember that. I don't remember about a, maybe the Flames release. I have poor memory, but Johnny Gaudreau, like just two years ago, three years ago, was getting slashed in the hands all the time and they never called it. And then they started finally calling it. But I mean, on the other hand, Connor McDavid, Matthew Kachuk gets so many penalties drawn. So maybe you just need to be as skilled as Matthew Kachuk and you'll get just as many penalties drawn. So that's all I'm going to say on Connor McDavid and penalties. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I do agree with that though. He doesn't get anything called and neither does. Sorry guys. Neither does Austin Matthews. I will say that. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. There was uh, I was looking at like doing some betting stuff for a, a, another gig that I do. I saw that like Austin Matthews had a seven game goal streak that was broken last game scored again tonight, by the way, which was one of the things that I put as a prop. So yay me. But uh, I was like, have the Canadians had a seven game goal streak this year as a team? Probably not. They they have. They have. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, they have. They've had a 10 game and an eight game. I will just say that. I, I don't know if this is still true, but I think Milan Lucic leads all Habs players in goals. So I think you guys really need a guy like Milan Lucic, who I did bet on tonight to score. So I'll win 20 bucks if he scores a goal. So everyone cross your fingers. All right. And I have worked now? in the betting industry, so don't bet. I think he's had eight <laughs> goals, actually. And everybody's like, wow, 20 goal season Lucic. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, he's playing at, right now. He's at seven right now. Unless he scored so far tonight, which ties in with Josh Anderson. But Josh Anderson has two empty netters. Oh, okay. So, really. He has two empty netters. Says one didn't go in, even. That's true. He didn't score the one. One got, uh, he got tripped. It was an automatic goal. But, yeah. 
It's not a great scene. Um, so that sip was all tequila. So that was very good. <laughs> I definitely don't want to throw up right now. So the Bobby Margarita needs to be mixed. Much better. Learning. Yeah. P- poured over. I will. I think once we're done. And it's like, it's already not cold. Like it's already just like averagely cold. So not great cans, Bob, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. We'll so see. I, think I what we've learned is the Bobby Margarita should blitz up some ice, mix it up. Yeah. Make it like a slushy margarita. Agreed. Yes. I think they're always better that way anyway. Yeah. They're just Agreed. it's more fun. It's like, oh, I have a fun drink, you know. So and obviously you need the salt uh the salt rim. rim yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, so. not a very Albertan winter kind of drink. <laughs> Maybe that's the other thing. Maybe Bobby, uh, Bob should have waited I, until the summer. I think there is this uh, hot margarita recipe that they do in Australia. Hmm. When it's always hot there, that makes sense. No, I mean, like when they have the grand final for the Aussie rules, it's winter oh, time. I see. So you have to sit outside and, and they bring in thermoses with hot margarita. I don't know if it's like hot, hot or if it's like Spicy you know, hot. finger warm or or sp- spicy warm. I don't know, spicy hot. I don't know, but it's it. There should be a recipe out there that you know, Bobby can can branch out with this for for winter time hockey. I've had a jalapeno margarita before. Was it good? It was actually really good. I've never had a jalapeno type drink because I'm scared. I love spicy food, like I love it, but I, I don't know why I'm scared of a jalapeno drink. I'm just, I mean, I was a little bit know. worried, yeah. but like back then when I had it also, I wasn't as good at with spicy food, okay. but having conquered the hot ones gauntlet, I'm like relatively confident now that I can handle rel- <laughs> pretty spicy things. So, so now you're going with a habanero margarita next time. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> I, um, I think this would be a good idea. If Bobby released a strawberry margarita and then he can call it Bobby straw mark. So I like it. Oh, yeah. Now he has to contact you. I listen. I'm. That's my idea. If you steal it, I'm suing you, Bobby. I know <laughs> two lawyers, so <laughs> just a heads up. Poor Bob's having a rough stream. I know. Sorry, Bob. My bad. My apologies. All right. Uh, I actually don't have anything written down left for this game. There just wasn't a lot to talk about, so. <laughs> I will say, as like a person watching probably their second Habs game of the season, um, as a very unbiased person, I went into it being like, I'm going to act like I'm a Habs fan and see how I feel while watching this game. Um, first, well, <laughs> so first, 57 seconds in, it, you're, you're done. <laughs> the first period, it was so frustrating to watch because I'm like, none of, they're not making a single complete pass. I'm like, is, are they this bad? Is it like just luck? Like I, it was so mind blowing to me. I was like, this is so frustrating. How are people watching full games of this every other night? Um, they got a little bit better at the end of the first period. Then they scored that fun goal in the third, got a power play, didn't score, but had good chances. I'm like, okay, things are looking up. Nope. And second period. (laughs) So frustrating. I was like, how are you guys, how are you guys not even getting to the net? And like, I'll credit St. Louis because they do have a very good defense. They are very aggressive. I feel like they've always been very aggressive on the defense. So I'll give them credit in that sense. But 
there's just nothing. I'm sorry. There's nothing going on in this Habs game. I'm like, this is the worst game I've watched this season. I, I think that everyone knew it was going to be a loss because Charlie Lindgren was in net true. For, for St. Louis. So we okay. were already we we're already done with the like the game beforehand. Yeah, Got Charlie it. Lindgren uh, revenge game after being treated relatively poorly by the Canadians organization. Wait, have we beat and that we'll drum see. by now? He's not the only player who's been treated poorly by the Canadians organization mm-hmm. as an outside person. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Um, one thing, it's not like super detailed analysis or anything, but just my feeling watching the game was the Canadians make everything they do look very difficult, right? Like everything looks uh, yeah. like skating uphill and then they enter the zone and immediately St. Louis is like, <laughs> I'm just going to cleanly exit the zone and we're fine. It's, it's just like, funny that you say that because I was watching that game with my dad and in the second period he goes this team like looks like a team that has never played an NHL game before and this is their first game ever so they're just such a mess I'm like yeah it really does so and it was so I know this because the Flames used to do this all the time before Daryl Sutter came but on the power play when you just do those dump and chase I hate that especially on the power play what's What's the reason? Just get a good zone entry and you don't have to do that. That was like every single time they went into the offensive zone. It's a, it's a dump and chase. I'm like, this is the most frustrating game to watch. You have one man advantage. Use it. Even just like, yeah, on the power play, it's frustrating seeing that, which they did. But even just like every single time they went into the offensive zone, it looked like they were doing dump dump and chases i'm like oh my god every like you guys cannot get a single clean zone entry at all look at me throwing some stat words in there aren't you proud of me andrew so proud so So proud proud. but not surprised because i know how smart you are oh thank you patrick if you don't know me i'm very much the person that's like i don't care about stats let's talk about vibes who had the better vibes on the ice Uh, but i I already I already concluded that you're very smart. So. Oh, thank you. Montreal did not have great vibes tonight. No, no. no they haven't had great vibes all season. <laughs> Worst vibes I, ever. Worst vibes in the world. That's what, when we yeah, had just... Sam Chang on with the Vancouver game. She was like jealous because the Canadians had fired their GM, right? Now, a couple weeks well, now later. Now look at them. Yeah, now they're going to play themselves out of a pick. It, it seems like, it <laughs> seems like Elias Patterson has changed... Um, what is it? Stick as well. He gone back to the uh, to the shorter stick that he, he had before, and I, I don't understand this. It's like why would you change your gear, especially something as important for a hockey player as a stick? It's 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 gonna come with you know so many things that you need to adjust to, and and you already worked on your game for so long. So why change it? Yeah, there's there's so, so so many messes going on right now with the Montreal Canadiens. It's hard to keep track of them. But uh, I'm going to wrap it up because I'm starting to cough more and more as I talk more and more. Hopefully next week I'll be better off. Well, it's 4.30 here, so I appreciate that, Andrew. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Thank you for sticking with us, Patrick. Really appreciate it. Uh, first, Rams, and then Patrick, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Um, so you can find me at Rams Reboot on Twitter or at the Scorch Stack, which is at the Scorch Stack on Twitter and scorchstack.substack.com. We're a very good Flames newsletter. We always bring you advanced stats all the time. So, you know. Is it all right to read Flames it news. just for the vibes? Um, it's so much vibes. 
so much vibes. Yeah, I'm getting my gray hairs from uh, from writing for Eyes on the Price at the moment, and uh, also um, when when Matt isn't busy, I uh, I used to host the podcast over there. So uh, and. I am actually for the first year in my contract with uh, McKean Saki. So there will be some coverage coming out for the World Juniors. Um, you know, an international tournament. Uh, Sweden doesn't look great, by the way. So just leave it at that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around with us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. And 